This is Work of the Beat, Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Mike Kern will join us in a few minutes as we talk about the world of sports and some of the sports trying to come back as the process has become for Major League Baseball. The NFL not far away from setting training camp requirements, although they had an announcement on Thursday at the Hall of Fame game and Hall of Fame inductions in Canton, Ohio will not go on as planned. Um, so we figured we'd talk with the NFL and the M, uh, with MLB and M, uh, with MLB and the NFL. Speak, Cooney. Uh, we'll talk to Ricky Ricardo, uh, who is the play-by-play voice in Espanol for the Philadelphia Eagles and the play-by-play voice of the New York Yankees in Espanol on radio. And... Uh, Obviously, one of the voices on 94 WIP. So we'll talk to Ricky from his home in Central Florida, uh, where I believe he will be poolside. Uh, That will be in a few minutes uh, as we look at it. Next week, we're going to have only one show because of the holidays uh, coming up. Uh, We're going to do that, I believe, on Wednesday. Haven't got a guest lined up yet. Everything at this point is real fluid. Um, We're still trying to line up some of the high-profile guests, but... So we get more towards a sports reboot. Um, I think we're going to probably end up turning to the people we've been turning to um, to discuss where things are going. So that's next Wednesday will be our next show. And just one next week because of the uh, holiday for uh, the 4th of July. We are at the 4th of July. It's hard to believe, folks. Uh, it feels like we should either be... You know, at Christmas, or it's we're only at the Fourth of July. It's been that long a year, and uh, makes you remember that when all this started, we weren't even at Easter, and there was talk of opening up for Easter and everything. So, um, but now here we are. We may be getting closer and closer and closer to actually having games, despite numbers that are spiking, which I'm sure Mr. Kern is going to bring up. When we come back, Ricky Ricardo will join us. We'll talk the return of Major League Baseball and what could be on the horizon for the National Football League. That's next. We're going to be continues right after this. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work of the Beat podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. Major League Baseball has announced their 60-game schedule uh, and the plans for a 60-game schedule, which will begin on July 23rd or 24th. Uh, and in that, around the time the National Football League is scheduled as of now to be reconvening for training camp. So this is probably as good a time as any to get the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles in Espanol and the voice of the New York Yankees in Spanish, Ricky Ricardo, on with us. And also 94 WIP. Um uh, Ricky, how are you from lovely Florida? Good afternoon, gentlemen, or good morning, depending on where you're at. But uh, it's a beautiful day here. The COVID cases keep going up. 
but uh, fortunately, the hospitalizations have maintained themselves at, uh, at a level that is tolerable so far. So we are taking it day by day. Ricky, is Ricky, it, Ricky uh, what are you talking about? There's no virus. <laughs> <laughs> the virus. No, 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 no. They, they've told me that because they haven't said anything in two weeks. There, there's no. I, I'm sorry. You're confusing me. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe it's just a sniffle that I get every other night when the air conditioning is too cold. I'm confusing it with something more serious. Jesus uh, Christ. So it, it's funny that, that you mention uh, training camps, Kev, and the National Football League. You know, the first domino has fallen mm-hmm. with the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame ceremonies being canceled. And I really do think that that is the, the first chess move here by the National Football League. Uh, of many more to come. I don't know about preseason football, if that's going to be even possible. And uh, I, I am re- really, really thinking, and I've heard some whispers, that training camps may be moved back and they may attempt to start later, maybe in October, and see if things clear up here during the summer months. But uh, the cancellation of the Hall of Fame game and the Hall of Fame ceremony is not a good sign for those that are hoping that the NFL gets off on time. And I think part of that is because of the fact that Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, was pretty strict on the fact that he wasn't going to allow crowds at the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. game. He wasn't going to allow crowds at the the induction ceremony. So that may be a response to that, but you're right. I mean, here's the problem, Ricky. If you believe what Anthony Fauci said a week ago, if you believe what has been said... Uh, by others of of a second wave in the fall, and we're not even into the fall or the second wave yet. The longer you push back, I'm not sure how much relief's going to come from that. Do you? Well, I don't know about relief, but I think if if you push back, let's say the NFL were to move back opening day to mid October. We will probably know, and that's why baseball is so adamant about ending their regular season on September the 27th. We will have a better indication if there is a second wave coming and how strong it would be by right around that time. The one thing the NFL does not want to do is to start the season and and stop stop it. Mm -hmm. Five, six, they would rather not have a season than start and stop you will have a much better indication of, of what is to come if you move it back and you by then hopefully have more data, more, I don't know, more models, more trends, although those are, you know, not very reliable either. But I think you'll have a better idea of what might be in the offing if you wait until October and then if the second wave does come and you can start seeing the trends around the world, whether it's here or Europe, China, wherever it may be, then you can just say, let's not have a season, call it off, which would be much less detrimental than starting the season in September and basically by Thanksgiving having to stop the season. Mike? Yeah, and I can only imagine by mid-October we'll be three weeks away from the election and it could get even more political than it is now, which is every sport we see, every sport, doesn't matter, is somebody's testing positive or somebody's, and they're not even, I mean, Ricky, what do you see when you see um, the Tampa Bay team practicing, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's out there with his guys when they specifically recommend it. Don't do that. Yeah. And yet there they are. And to me, when you, when people see things like that, 
they're like, okay, well, if Tom Brady can do it, why, why can't we do it? Yeah, I think it goes even far beyond that uh, because uh, I, I do think, and what I have heard is that Tom Brady has basically, you know, hired some testing people to 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 come in there, and guys that are working out with him are being tested. You know, Tom Brady's no fool, but I think in general, without knowing those small details, Mike, I think you're right. Uh, look, this is a, a, an unprecedented situation. It's something we've never had to deal with before. There's one thing as all of us as Americans are not used to and we are not comfortable with, and that is being told what to do. Absolutely. Or not to do. Absolutely. Okay? Even if it's for the even if it's for your own good, being yeah. told what you can and can't do, even if even if the end game is a positive one, is something that most of us in this country, I'd say the vast majority, are uncomfortable with that people would rather come to their own conclusions. And here in Florida, where the temperatures have been in the mid-90s with high humidity every day, to tell someone who is unemployed and, and uh, is having trouble paying the bill to turn the air conditioner up, use more electricity, and not go out and get some sort of relief, that's a hard sell right now in the here yeah. month of June. And, and do, do, yeah, Mike. Okay, Kevin, do either of you guys, Kevin and Ricky, when... Fans come back, and I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if it'll be baseball, if it'll be the NFL. Looks like it's trying to go that way. Maybe college football's trying to go that way. Do you think that they would mandate, like, let's say they're going to have 25% capacity, or I don't know, whatever, that people would have to wear masks? Because to me, it would seem like if you're going to go that route and not ask them to wear masks, that's really being... Kind of irresponsible. Yeah, I, no, I do. Mike, I do agree with you there. Uh, now, Ohio State University has a plan where supposedly, and, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, Governor DeWine, Kev, but Ohio State is planning or at least has a, uh, a plan in place to have about 25% capacity at the horseshoe uh, mm -hmm. in Columbus, which, might, by the way, by the end of this call, may be renamed what, Flavortown? Uh, <laughs> a whole nother conversation now the interesting thing with the nfl and the state of florida guys two of the biggest events that whether you're whether you're a fan or not of professional wrestling but two of the biggest events uh of the year revenue wise for a city are wrestlemania which is five days worth of events every right. hotel book basically it's the super bowl of wrestling right and the super bowl for the national football which will be in tampa both were scheduled for Tampa. The WrestleMania show obviously was canceled in April. Millions and millions of dollars in revenue for the city of Tampa down the drain. And now you have the Super Bowl, which is also, is also scheduled for the same venue, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, in early February. That is in danger. I was always of the, of the opinion that opening up early was a sign, just like in Texas, that if everything went well, that they could comfortably say, okay, we can have 100% capacity by the time Super Bowl Sunday comes around in early February because they've already taken the hit on WrestleMania. And if there's one thing that the National Football League cannot, cannot allow is to have a Super Bowl with no fans or 25% capacity in its stadium. I think they would rather not have the game not wow. the season that the play in those conditions. Well, Ricky, what like at this point, 
why not just award Tampa another Super Bowl? You could shift things around. By the way, we should point out this Super Bowl coming up was supposed to be in Los Angeles at the new stadium before that construction got delayed. Got delayed, right. So mm-hmm. this is kind of a, I don't want to say a bonus for Tampa, but it was going to be like a, an added one. Why not just shift Tampa around in the Rota, if you will, and, and have them have it another time? And not worry about having all this, you know, and, and yeah. find almost, you hate saying a TV studio kind of thing where you take care of them. I think that's uh, that, that's a that's a very good part. I think wrestling has already done that. I think Vince McMahon. At the, at the Performance Center in Orlando, right. Vince McMahon, who's moved everything here to Orlando, not far from me at the Performance Center. And the ratings, has, have, and the ratings have suffered because of it. You know that. They're starting too. to come back a little bit because they have actual people in the building and there's some noise. Last Friday, SmackDown was, was the highest rated uh, it's been in months because they actually have some of their students from the Performance Center as part of the crowd, right. per se. And there's been a little bit of, uh, uh, more of an atmosphere. Uh, but as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, I, I, I would hope that both uh, the WWE and the NFL, and like I said, I think McMahon has already said it, that, that he will reschedule another uh, WrestleMania in the next couple of years uh, to the Tampa Bay area. Uh, I think that's a simple solution. My question is the season itself. I mean, the city of Tampa has already said that if they need to move it back to the end of February or the beginning of March, they can do it. They're, they're okay with it. Yeah. The hotel rooms are going to be there. The convention center is going to be there. The NFL takes over whatever town other than New York, New Jersey, which is a joke. Uh, but the NFL owns the town that the Super Bowl is in. Tampa has said you can own us in the beginning of February or the end of February or the beginning of March. That hurdle has been cleared. But now – as we have seen with the spike in cases in California and Texas and Florida, three of the most popular states in the country, and, and three states that have numerous NFL franchises. How many do you have in California? Four, five teams? Texas, you've got two teams. You have three in Florida. You know, how, how are you going to go forward with a National Football League schedule if there's going to be a second wave on top of the fact that the first wave hasn't even finished yet? Ricky, let me let me answer your one question though about the the sacrifice of people. You know, and you're right. You know, a lot of people have lost their jobs. And look, I'm you know right now not working. I mean, I I know exactly what's going on. Fortunately, my wife is. Um, but we talk about the sacrifices of Americans. You know, I, I hate saying it. There was a generation that was our parents and our grandparents who who had meat rationing and gas rationing and everything during World War II. They wore you know, you know, thin underwear. I mean, you know, basically they had to go through it for a common cause. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I don't think that common cause thing has ever come through in this whole thing. I really don't. And I think that, and I'm not We're saying, all in it together, Kevin. Yeah, I, we've heard that yeah, so right. much. We've <laughs> heard that so much. And yet this common cause has just not been executed. And that's why it's still a problem right now. Yeah. Kevin, common, the concept of common cause in this country is gone. went down the toilet about 30 years ago, okay? Yeah, how about uh, that? Right now, common cause is we live in a tribal society. You yeah. are entrenched if you are a blue state, a red state. If you think one way, you think another. We are so far away from common cause in any way, shape, or form, unfortunately. But, but Ricky, that, uh, Ricky and I hear you, but... We celebrate that World War II generation so much, and we should. Yeah. But they're gone, Kevin. 
I understand. They're gone. The but, majority of them are gone. But we we've, we've celebrated them, and, and, and you know, we, I, and what they did was a miracle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all have read history books, and we knew the sacrifice, and we all have families who had you know, a, a World War Two, you know, generation vet or whatever there. And it's like we forgot all about that. Well, Somewhere along the line. Kevin, what's your point? It was 75 years ago. But yeah, shouldn't we aspire to that? Yeah, and the schools, but, remember, my my stepson, who is 19, has no clue. Yeah, no clue exactly. What talking about because they don't yeah. teach it in the schools anymore. Yeah. They don't. The curriculum here for a kid like, like Walter, my stepson, is completely different to what you and I learned when we went to school. They are being taught a completely different way of looking at past generations. Unfortunately, it's the truth. You know, academia in this country, I think, is one of the biggest enemy to getting back to what you were speaking of, of the concept of a common cause. And Kevin, and think think about this. Mm -hmm. Since World War II, since the greatest generation all that, We've been through a Korean War that didn't solve anything, a Vietnam War that divided the country, Iraq. Uh, war, Iraq wars and, over in Iraq. So people who maybe you say should remember World War II, they remember those other four wars as much or, as more, or more. But I don't because, think. I know what you're yeah, saying, Mike. Okay. Don't look. Don't look further than 9/11, 9/12. This country was as united in a court yeah. as I have ever seen it in my lifetime. Yeah. By 9-11-2002, all that was gone. All that yeah. unity, all that goodwill was gone. And yeah. we have gone downhill as far as that concept is concerned since then. And what you are seeing here is that when people are told to stay in their homes, for months at a time inside your house. That is something that I don't even think the the, the, the folks during the Spanish flu, which obviously was so, you know, was, was not as a, a sophisticated a society as we have today, but the vast majority of those that are dealing with the with the effects of the virus of COVID-19 are way, way beyond the folks that had to deal with the effects of the Spanish flu back a hundred mm. years ago. And, and back then, it, the, the amazing thing, I saw a documentary on it, the government that never even acknowledged there was a flu going on. Right. Because we were, in the, we were getting ready to go into World War I, mm-hmm. and it was just like it happened. All those people died, and, and, yeah. and they just moved on. They just moved on because a lot of people didn't. Let me tell you something, guys. Every morning, one of the first thing I do with my coffee, by the way, Kevin, I do drink coffee even though you don't like it. I, I, and I follow you on Twitter. Kevin's uh, a tea drinker. I'm a, 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 a teetoter. You know, a spot of tea. Uh, <laughs> I just never like to taste the coffee. I'm That's sorry. Okay, Kevin, it's okay. It's so okay. every morning with my coffee, I put on Spectrum, the local news here. I said, you, you've yeah, I know it from here, Clearwater. Kevin, the Bay, uh, yeah, Bay, Bay News 9. 9. And they have a drone music that introduces the segment of the latest corona coronavirus uh, news, which is, it, it sounds like a funeral march. So every day you you are you're, you're being desensitized into oh coronavirus numbers keep you I mean for Pete's sake it, we are it, it's being drummed into us that the coronavirus means death 
I get it. We have lost far too many people than we should have lost for different reasons in nursing homes and, and, uh, and whatever it may be. But to, to, to get back to your common cause, when you are scaring the, the Jesus out of people on a daily basis, a lot of people are just going to fight back and not take you seriously. Yeah. Um, Ricky, yeah. Ricky Ricardo is joining us. All right. Let, let me get back to the NFL. Yeah. You mentioned about uh, Mike mentioned about the attendance thing. Um, Roger Goodell or the NFL pretty much said this week that they're going to leave it up to individual states to determine attendance figures. Um, whether you I, know, I it, think that's a mistake. I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, because you can't have you can't have the Tampa Bay Bucks allowed to have twenty five fifty percent, and you and then the New York Jets or Philadelphia Eagles or you know a, a team in the Northeast not be allowed to have fans. That's a, 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 an unfair advantage that one state may provide their teams over another. Well, and the one I would look at is Texas. Between, yep. between the Texans and the Cowboys, Greg, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, has pretty much opened the businesses. Now he's trying to draw back a little bit with the spike, but would it surprise you if you know, AT&T Stadium didn't have 70,000 people? Or had oh, seventy thousand people. I guarantee you it would have seventy five thousand. Because Jerry don't care. Be, Jerry don't give a crap. No, it would be sanctioned by Jerry Jones. He'd give you a cowboy star mask on the way in. You know, I, I, I guarantee you that. I think the NFL has got to get out in front of this and say either we all have the same. We they all have to play by the same rules. And as you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. There are certain teams that home field advantage it's is huge. very very important. Any kind of support. Uh, from the uh, from the crowd is is important. You can't have one rule for one team in one state and another rule for another franchise in another state. You know that would not work. I, and I think Goodell's got to get out in front of that. Mike. Yeah. Well. It, yeah. Goodell will get out in front of it. Yeah. He was right out in front of the Cal and Kaepernick thing. Um, <laughs> to, to me, guys, this is all about with any sport you're talking about, anything you're talking about, or, or even going to restaurants or going to move. How much risk are you willing to assume? How, like how many people, we know people are going to test positive. We know some teams, we've already seen women's soccer teams that can't compete because they have too many sick people. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just a matter of, it, does the NFL or the NBA or, the, or whatever say, okay, we're willing to let the Eagles get 10 players sick or 15 players sick or 20? Because, and, like, is there a number where you say, no, 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 we can't deal with that? Or are you just going to say, well, that guy was sick in August. That means he can't get sick again, which I don't even know if we know that. But to me, these numbers that are coming up right now, when things haven't even started yet, are so alarming that you're talking about football is a contact sport. They they told baseball players there's like 180,000 things baseball players have to do that you know they're not always going to be able to do or they're just going to forget. And it it just seems to me that because we need sports, and I get it, uh, you know, it's our life, it's whatever. Boy, we just it, it, we're 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 looking at a really goofy, perhaps time. And maybe it won't happen. Maybe the second wave doesn't come. Maybe the vaccine comes. Who knows? But man, it, it just to me that we're talking about this in the middle of June. Yeah, is striking. Ricky. I agree. Uh, look, I think it's a grand experiment, you know, uh, not to make excuses for any of the leagues or anyone in particular, 
this is something we have, this is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. We have yeah. never, ever dealt with anything even remotely close to this. You know, 9-11 was an attack. It happened all in one day. We all were waiting to see if, you know, that night they were going to continue to attack. We mourned a week. We mourned for a week and then we moved on. We mourned for, you know, for a week, 10 days. The cleanup continued in New York, but we moved on and baseball was there. You know, baseball has always been there as a uniter in in our history. After wars, after, you know, incidents, it, it's been a culture, a, a piece of our culture that has brought people together has Major League Baseball. Now, the problem is that the concept of bringing people together itself right now is impossible because we <laughs> yeah, are operating right. on the concept of distancing yeah. from each other instead of coming together. Yeah, you know? wow. so let, let me... Even the basic premise of what we're living with right now is completely you know, to the contrary of what we have dealt with in the past and what sports have represented. Yeah, you can't even give somebody a nice hug. No! You know, no I high fives, I no. Remember, well, Kevin, you you and Ricky would obviously know this, but in 2001, think about the role baseball played in New York mm -hmm. in helping them heal, and then they wound up making the World Series, right? What Was that the year? Yeah, that they, was the year they lost to the Diamondbacks yeah. in seven. And, it was the, yeah, it was, it was Piazza's home run. At right. Shea Stadium, that was the big moment against the Atlanta Braves and Steve Carsey, by the way. Yeah, I mean, and then the uh, the World Series against the uh, Diamondbacks. There were there was people first played into. What wasn't there? Mr. November. Wasn't, yep. wasn't there people like in this, the first game back? I remember people crying, and yes. and they had the seventh Boa. inning. They, we yeah, and, and the seventh inning when they played um God, God bless, bless America. America. It yeah. was unbelievable. Listen, um, all you have to remember about that when when you when you talk about the concept of a common cause, George Bush, George W. Bush, who was the president at that three. time, got a standing ovation in the Bronx. Game, a Republican before, president before Game Three of the World Series. Before, before yeah. he threw out the first pitch of Game Three of the World Series, that goes to show you how that particular incident brought us together. This particular incident, combined with all the social unrest and what we're seeing, you know, with the George Floyd incident and everything else, this is completely the opposite. Everybody has retreated to their neutral corners, okay. and that's very unfortunate. Yeah, totally got it. Uh, Mike, hold on. <laughs> Mike, Mike's wife's coming in here. Yeah, go. Oh, okay. I'm, all right. I'm, I'm make, good. Okay. Yeah, um, are, are you allowed to continue, Mike? <laughs> uh, I, see, I always have to ask, Ricky. I, I, <laughs> I, see, I've been married for 37 years, and I finally figured out. It, okay. It, since I left the, I don't know that I just keep her happy pretty much, and if I do that, then everything else is okay. Uh, the only, the, two, only, the two magic words, yes, dear. Okay. Yeah, and I just, I just go my merry way. You know, she, yeah, yeah. She, look at this. She's going to do what she wants to do anyway. So yeah. why would I try to get in the way? You're a smart man. So no, no. It took me thirty-five some years to figure that out. <laughs> Ricky Ricardo is joining us. All right, let's segue to baseball. Um, look, I, and a lot of people with baseball is back stuff this week, and obviously, there it's better to have the game than not have the game. Sure. I get, I get it. Does the average person have a right still to be pissed off? Absolutely. And Rob Manfred admitted to such to the Associated Press yesterday. Uh, at least on the surface, he's saying that he understands 
the angst, the anger, uh, and the disappointment uh, of baseball fans having to endure this ridiculous back and forth that we have uh, had to witness here for the last three or four weeks. Before and, and, and they haven't come. Let's let's remember, they never did come to an agreement. No, he mandated. Th- that's what gets games. me. If it was, if there was an actual agreement. I can understand a bit of the celebration because it would give you hope for whatever would happen after next offseason. That they right. uh, that they have found common ground. They got through this. Maybe this is a start of something going forward. They didn't do crap. They right. really didn't. No. No, all they did was come to an agreement about what day they're going to report. Everything else, and, and obviously the protocols, but, you know, if you can't come to an agreement on protocols on your own health, then we really have a, a worse issue than we already have. Uh, I think the fans right now are so stuck. And first of all, let's let's make it let's make it to July third when they're you know they, July first they'll start reporting and they'll get tested. That's going to take about forty eight hours, and then they'll start training on basically the July fourth weekend. Let's get there first. I think we have to do this in baby steps. How and then if we if we get to that doubleheader on Thursday night the twenty third, which will most likely be if baseball is smart, Yankees, Red Sox, Boston at New York, and Houston at Los Angeles. Okay, because remember the Astros are going to play the Dodgers, Dodgers four times, and right? you know the the shame of that is that there'll be no Dodger fans there to boo, to boo the Astros who cheated in 2017 when they beat the, uh, the the Dodgers in the World Series. But yet, we'll get Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Dodgers more than likely. I don't have any knowledge of this. I'm just assuming if they're smart that that's the way they'll schedule this on Thursday, uh, July 23rd. If we get to that point, that will be step one because there's still we're still talking a month. We're a month away from uh, from first pitch in a in a legitimate, if you want to call it, legitimate game. Uh, during the 60-day season. But I, I think the fans will be so starved for baseball by then that as long as there is no interruption with the COVID-19 or there might be demonstrations out the, outside the stadium, let's not let's not forget that. The social justice part, yeah. In the past where there have been protests and demonstrations outside of ballparks, Although they're going to be no fans, but they're going to attract the, the, the attention of the media anyway. Right. If we can get through that, uh, then I, I think the NFL will be watching what happens with baseball and what happens with the July 30th return of the NBA here in the bubble at, at Disney World before they finally come to a conclusion. But, uh, look, this is all uncharted territory. It changes on a daily basis. And to make a prediction uh, or to look anywhere beyond the next couple of days, I think is foolhardy because we just don't know from basically one day to the next what's going to happen. Mike. Ricky, do you think we've heard so much, obviously, in the last month about athletes coming out and speaking about the movement and change and what has to be done? It's been, do you think, because they tend to talk more about it in the NBA or the NFL. Do you think baseball, even though there's not going to be fans there, when they play the national anthem, or do you think some players are going to do things like take a knee or whatever it might be? I, I don't know what, because I got to believe that some of them are going to do something, although with the lack of fans there, maybe it doesn't have the same impact. I don't know. Uh, it will not have the same impact, and I, I do I, I do think that you'll have some players maybe take a knee 
But remember, guys, that in baseball, the national anthem, you have the team that's on the field. That's true, yeah. yeah. They're on the field at their position. Will they take a knee? Will the cameras follow the second baseman for the, I don't know, the Milwaukee Brewers throw out a team, you know, who's taking a knee at second base before he takes his defensive position? There's one thing I have said all along about the social unrest and the Black Lives Matter and the whole thing. If you have to, if you have to donate to a cause, then I think you're already a step behind. I think Black Lives Matter, Kevin's life matters, Mike's life matters, Ricky's life matters. Right now, the ones that are in the spotlight are minorities. Of course, their lives matter, and we need to rethink the way we that, that we police people. I, I get it, but there's one thing you cannot do. You cannot legislate what is in someone's heart. We are human beings, infallible human beings. This is a country that is bad as it is, fellas, with as many warts and faults as we have here, it's still the best place to live on earth. I don't see any any one of us looking at brochures to move to Portugal or to Spain or to Costa Rica or anywhere else. You can't legislate what's in someone's heart. You, can, yeah. you know, you, you can go forward with the message. No. Ball players will try to get the message out. I, I, I'm assuming they will. But with no fans in the seats and maybe the television networks not pointing the cameras at guys that are on the sideline or on the field getting ready to play, then I don't know how effective it's going to be. Ricky, I would say, though, that the one thing that the protesters are saying, and I, I, I agree, look, mm-hmm that you have to look at the institutional stuff. When you have problems within the a police department, you do have to look at the Oh yeah, that's why I said reforms. Right. You can you can have reforms. You can have all the reforms you want if you're, there's a cop who's a racist, you can reform him all you want. All right. A racist cop is a racist so cop. So when so when the conversation about black lives matter gets going, mm-hmm. it's they feel like their issues have not been addressed. So I think that's where you mm-hmm. have to understand that's where they're coming from. So Believe that me, ma- I'm, I'm a minority myself. I agree. What I'm saying is that the, the expectation you can you can do all the the legislative work, you can do all the reform right. work, all of that. Mm-hmm. A human being that is a racist, a biased, prejudiced human being, you can't. What's the, the old? You can't take the stripes off a tiger. Whatever they old. Can't take, can't take the stripes off as uh, a tiger, right? Uh, off a tiger, and uh, and unfortunately, that is just human. And I tell you what, as bad as it's painted out to be, if you look at European soccer, for example, we always look to Europe as being the model of. of, yeah, of they've had issues. They've had a lot of issues with this. You, they, they've got more, even more issues in here uh, with, with racism in sports and soccer. So. Well, uh, like I said, I'm all for the reforms. I'm all for having the conversations and having, you know, things put in place. And if guys want to want to protest, by all means, be my guest and express how you feel. I'm just saying that the expectation, the end game of all this really depends on what's inside the heart of a human being. Ricky Ricardo joins us. Let's get to the stuff within the game. Um Do you like the idea of a runner being at second to start extra innings? No. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. No, it's it's little. No, go ahead, Ricky. 
Yeah, that's little league stuff. You know, that's a, you know, we got beer league softball. We got to hurry, hurry up because there's no lights at the little league field and it might get dark. So let's put a guy on second. We got lights. Uh, you know, the beer sales uh, that stopped in the seventh inning, they stopped all together. Okay. So let, we don't have anything to worry about. You know, if, if you're playing an extra inning ball game and you're under pressure and you've got closers that are making their multi-million dollar salaries, you know, by getting three outs or holding the other team until they can get another at bat, putting a guy on second base to me cheapens the game. Mike? Yeah, well, it's I, I'm against Kevin. Hey, look, baseball is baseball. I understand. And in these circumstances, they're trying to prevent longer games because, you know, you only got so many, whatever. It's still baseball. You should be able to play it. Uh, it's just, why do we gimmick the game? Yeah. You know, I, I don't like the shootout in hockey. Now, I realize people like it. There's some people, yeah, I think the shootout in hockey is stupid. Would they ever have an NBA game end on free throws, like free throw attempts? Or no. a field goal kicking contest field goal in the kicking. NFL. So, to me, just play baseball. Yeah. And if you like it, you know, why should teams play nine innings and scuffle and whatever, well, and all of a sudden we're going to put a guy on let's, the uh, Let's take an example. Let's say it's a Phillies-Mets game, and we go to the 10th inning tied 3-3. Uh, uh, Alexa, stop. Alexa thinks I'm talking to her. <laughs> okay. Phillies-Mets, top of the 10th, 3-3. Num- number one, let me ask this question. I have not heard this answer yet. Who is going to get put on second base? I, that a, was, I know, exactly. I know, I know this. Okay, it, I, the answer to this is the person who made the last out in the inning before, okay, will be placed on second. Okay, so uh, let's say it is um, you know, for for conversation's sake, it's Reese Hoskins that is now the runner at second base, right? Okay, because he made the last out. All right. Now the manager with a runner on second and nobody out. That next hitter is more than likely going to front to move that runner to third base to try to get that run home on a sacrifice fly. And then you're going to have the infield. We know the strategy that's going to be involved. We have seen this all of our lives in baseball. Who's to say that when we get to the let's say that run scores, the bottom of the inning is going to be the same thing. They're going to have a runner at second. They're going to move him to third. Maybe there's a pop fly into the outfield. Run scores. We're going to continue more extra with more guys on second base. But, but Ricky, I hate saying it this way. Isn't that okay, though? Like, I'm part of what, like, if you read Mike Silski's column, I'm sure, last week about baseball and the state of baseball and where it's at and how he can't really watch it anymore except for work because of the fact that he thinks it's become a boring, dull game. They've Mm -hmm. taken elements of strategy out of the game. Yes. So I don't have a problem with them doing this, uh, or the station to station. I hate the idea on, in fact, that's what's the one fascinating thing for me in a 60-game season is seeing how managers change. You can't have the four strikeout game anymore by your slugger. You're going to have to have guys who are going to play these like playoff games and how it's a little more conservative. You're going to have guys running, moving guys over. Uh, uh, you're going to have different approaches than you would over 162. And I, I, I am a little excited with that. As far as the, the, the 10th inning thing, I think one of the bit or the extra inning thing, I think one of the charms of the game, to be honest, and this sounds stupid, but that you could go to a ballpark and, and it turns into an 18 inning marathon. I, I, I agree. 
that, that there's something cool about being and in a ballpark at like 1 a.m. when be, there's something to be said about an, an extra inning walk off home run. You won't have that anymore. Yeah, I, I think some of this though is that they're trying not to because teams are going to be playing so many games in so, so quick days, and yeah. some of them, the West Coast teams, are going to be traveling a lot. That Phillies won't for the most part, but I think this is like kind of a reaction to that. And I understand what they're trying to do, but I just say just just play, you know, just, just play, just, just play, and whatever play. happens happens. Yeah, you've got a you've got a taxi squad. Remember, these guys are going to show up with sixty players. Yeah. 60 players are going to be there. I'm going to, I'm assuming they're going to have 30 in at Citizens Bank Park. You can't have 60 players, you know. All no, they're going to use Lehigh, apparently. Distancing impossible. So you'd have 30 players at Citizens Bank Park and another 30 players somewhere else. Wherever, oh, it's going to be in Lehigh. They're going to use the uh, Iron Pigs oh, Ballpark as Lehigh? their taxer squad. Yeah. So, but, but for training camp, you can't have 30 guys at Lehigh and 30 guys, can you? No, they can have. They're going to use FDR Park, I think, for oh, some of the stuff. FDR Park. So you're going to have a, a huge taxi squad, uh, and, and they have relaxed the rules about how many guys you can, you know, bring back and forth. You know what I think is interesting is the August 30th trade, trade deadline. deadline. For Pete's sake, you're going to have a trade deadline after 30 games. Uh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's it's different. It's difficult times. I mean, yeah. Like you said, we're, we're, we've never gone through it. We may never, hopefully, we'll never go through anything like this again. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's fluid. It now, changes now every let me single ask, day. Let me ask both of you a question. Yeah. Because this has crossed my mind several times. We're, we, we usually report to spring training here in Florida more or less around Valentine's Day, the 13th, 14th, 15th of February. Oh, that's changing. Who's to say that COVID-19 – Will be gone, or we'll have a vaccine, or we'll have a you know some sort of uh, of drug to cure it by February of 2021. Ricky, how about this idea? Hmm? Spring training games start around March 1st, and you're talking about the Tampa area maybe having the Super Bowl around them. Yeah, they may <laughs> be forced to alter their plans just logistically at that point because there may be no rooms available. 14 personnel and everything. I know a lot of them have condos and everything, but you know, yeah. you, you work in Tampa primarily with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Can, how many of them have condos? Well, the, the vast majority rent homes, hotel, hotel rooms, uh, are for minor, minor leaguers. leaguers. But, okay. Yeah. How t- difficult is it going to be to find a minor leaguer or a hotel room? Yeah, no, that, it, it, you're right. You're right. It, it uh, they're going to have to take a little bit of a drive. Maybe, you know, Ocala? 30, 30, 40 miles away, you know, to be able to get a, you know, you'll get a room in Lakeland if you're training in, in, uh, in Tampa. Uh, but, but let's get to that first. Well, now, we yeah. All right. Let me, let me ask uh, Mike, I'll, ask, uh, I'll get you in a second here with a question, but uh, I heard Chris Russo yesterday. Yes. Refer to the fact that the sport needs Yankees Dodgers for this to feel legitimate. Okay. That it needs, mm-hmm two power teams and avoid a fluke team. And I'll, I'll throw an example. He mentioned the Marlins. He mentioned Marlins Padres, which can't happen, of course. But mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll use the example of 
the, the Nationals. They uh, were a fluke team well, last year. Uh, uh, well, the Nationals. The Nationals would not have made the playoffs. Right. Right. But but well, I'm let, saying that's a team. But you, let, the Marlins uh, aren't going to make the World Series. No. Kevin. But 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 let's play. Let's play that. The Brewers and the A's. Okay. Mm-hmm. For okay. the sake of the sport, does the for this to feel legitimate in any kind of way? Does it need a power team to get uh, the two power teams to get to October? I don't think so. No, they're all playing sixty games. Yeah, they're all on equal footing. All right, baseball is a marathon. We get it. This year, base- baseball is a sprint. Or to draw, uh, how about usually- draw eyeball? Uh, draw eyeballs in the watch it. How's that? Better terminology. Okay, if, if for the general fan, the the person that that might not be a diehard or understand the game, but like the three of us, I would think the networks expect, especially would want Yankees Dodgers. If it were the Marlins against, or let's say it was the Phillies against uh, I don't Orioles, know, a, a mediocre America, the, the let's Orioles, say it's the Phillies and the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, you what? you would probably have. In, you know, you and already with uh, the other sports playing, you would have terrible television ratings. But would I consider it a legit champion? I would. Mike, it's going to have an asterisk next to it anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. from so no matter who makes, and I, I so so if the two best teams makes it, that just means they were the best teams for sixty days. I mean, uh, I, like I, I don't, I, I I agree with the television stuff. The casual fan might not care if it's Oakland Phillies um, or might not care as much. The Dodgers, but, I mean, last year, Houston, you know, Houston isn't a glamour team per se. Uh, Washington isn't a glamour team. We've had that in the past. Um, I, I just think people, like Ricky said, people people are so starved for anything that when all this stuff starts up, and we know it's going to stink, the, the players aren't going to be as good. The NBA players aren't going to be as good, you know, but, but we'll care because, you know, you can watch SportsCenter highlights at night. Um, and you can see, you know, Jake Arrieta have a good outing. Uh, whatever. So we're, we're going to pay attention uh, unless there's work stoppages, which is the one thing that get, can get in the middle of anything. If there, You cannot overcome work stoppages. Or you can't overcome a team that may get four or five of its star players exactly. on the COVID exactly. list. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. you – you could have the Yankees and Dodgers play the first twenty games and be seventeen and three, or fifteen and five, and God forbid two of the you know Mookie Betts on the Dodgers or uh, you know or, or, or Blake Torres on the Yankees yeah. get COVID nineteen and they go into a ten game slump, and all of a sudden now you know you you've got uh, a team that got off to a good start of uh, a glamour team. Or think about this: you get to the World Series, you got the Dodgers Yankees. And three other players, you know, Aaron Judge, um, you know, two other players. Yeah, yeah. They, all, all of a sudden they're out for the series. Right. Clayton Kershaw's out. Garrett right. Cole's out, you know. And, and, and what we don't know is what if three teammates get sick? Does another player who has not tested positive say, uh-uh, I'm not playing anymore. I'm not sick, but I'm not going to risk myself yeah. getting sick. Well, and and that's, so that's, so that's happened. layers to this we, that, that are unknown. Right. That I, happened on the PGA Tour this week. That, yeah. um, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Webb Simpson, who was just coming off a win, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, and he just said, hey, you know, no thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's like a real live possibility that Tiger Woods sits there and says, I don't think so. Well, and, and, and this kind of, like, it's strange because – 
there was something Mark Teixeira brought up, and uh, Angelo put it, played it when I was on the morning show on Wednesday. Of if a team starts three and seven, they're buried. Two and eight, they're buried in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. How many players then are going to use that as saying, you know what, this isn't worth my time anymore? You know, to risk getting sick. I'm not going to the playoffs. There's no expanded playoffs. It's Peace. another possibility. You're absolutely right. My, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my arm, my arm, it's broken. You know, like that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, you know, Mike, Tra- Mike Trout to me is going to be a fascinating canary in the coal mine here because his wife's going to be due in August. Is Mike Trout, if the Angels get off to a slow start, is Mike Trout going to say, you know what, I'd rather stay home with my kid than, than risk what's going on? Yeah, they're they're going to run the risk of the alienating teammates. Hit. Yeah, yeah, the PR hit and the teammates being you know going against them. But I, you know, especially Scott Boris clients that you know let let's face it, these guys uh, are financially set. They don't they, they don't need the money uh, in this sixty game uh, scenario. I think there'll be guys that'll take other factors into consideration, whether it's if it's teammates that have been ill. If it's, you know, having to travel to a certain city, let's say the Angels are playing the Texas Rangers and there's a spike in Dallas, you may have guys that say, I'm not taking that trip. Yeah. You know? So. And I don't, I don't even think you need to come up with a fake reason, Kevin. Like, I don't think Mike Trout has to say, oh, my hammy hurts. I just think some guys, and they might Oh, not. he has a newborn. I mean, but, there's a reason. I mean, yeah. yeah, but no, but some guys might just say, I like, and if people want to make fun of them for that or judge them because of that... But, like, I don't think somebody's going to have to say, ah, you know, my, I got an injury that I really don't have. They're just going to say, hey, I, I don't feel safe or I don't feel yeah. – and, and I think people are going to have to accept that. Yeah. If the cases in Texas are high right now, uh, you know, the Angels are playing the Rangers. There may be players that say, I'm not going to that market. Have you found out kind of what your plans are as far as with the Yankees? Are you going to do it from – uh, I assume Yankees, you're not going on the, the road. Yankees, the Yankees reached out to me about a month ago and asked me if I were uh, open to doing the games, the home games from the stadium. I said yes. Uh, they asked me if I was open to doing the games from a studio. I said yes. They asked me, and this was before Florida spike, uh, if the games would have been at Steinbrenner Field would I have stayed here in Florida? And I obviously said, yes, I'd be a stone's throw from home. As of right now, the the, uh, the situation is I'll be doing the home games from the booth and the road games as of right now, it all depends. Uh, it's either going to be all of us or none, you know, or none of us. I, I've got to really follow the lead of John and Susan. Remember, the English team, both John and Susan are – you know, up in age, they mm-hmm. both have, you know, health issues just from the mere fact of uh, of what they've gone through in their lives. So they are high-risk uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know whether they'll be – they won't travel. I know that much. They're going to be doing the road games either from the Yes Network studios or from the Intercom studios wherever they can provide enough social distancing for the road games. And – I guess whatever decision is made with them, I'll follow suit. Hey, Ricky, the the thing that they've just put in in Jersey and New York and Connecticut, Mm -hmm. if that were still in effect, and let's say you had to come up in a month, would you have to No, I'm coming up this weekend. Oh, okay. okay. For good? No, I'm coming up this weekend. I've got a couple of engagements 
business uh, meetings uh, with clients to get them back on board for the season. And I got to go to my, my the best dentist in Pennsylvania, folks, Bob Bentz <laughs> in East Norriton. <laughs> And he's has got my pretty smile working, my pearly now, white. Do, do you so have to do go see Dr. Benz in East Norton on Tuesday? But I do, do you, have a letter uh, here from the uh, the Homeland Security Division of the United States government that makes me a quote unquote essential worker. So I'm assuming I won't have an issue when I get off the plane at Newark. On, but uh, do you have to do do you have to do the 14 day quarantine? No, no. Oh, okay. No. Because okay. well, you're I'm coming worker. back. I'm coming back on Wednesday. So I won't even be there for 14 days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, but when you come back, it's that. Now, there's a fascinating thing. There's a couple other issues here. Obviously, the two New York teams may have this issue with teams coming in and out. Where, you know, how are you going to handle that if this 14 day quarantine order yeah, is. Yeah, they've in made place? Except, Cuomo's already made an exception. Oh. And I'm assuming that uh, oh, okay. Murphy, yeah. Murphy well, they'll clear the players. The biggest obstacle is Toronto. Toronto. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Sounds Toronto like they could be playing in Buffalo. Play, they may have to play in Buffalo because, uh, you know, Kev, you've been in the in the uh, Florida home of the Blue Jays. It's barely big enough and convenient enough for spring training games. Uh, and, and plus, obviously, the area has got the spike in cases in Pinellas County. So it, it looks like maybe the Blue Jays may have to play uh, at their AAA stadium in Buffalo, New York. I didn't get to go there this year when they did the uh, renovations. Is it any better over there? And, you know, eh, a little better. Not much. That not club, much. that clubhouse is a thimble. It's, yeah, that's well, not the that's not the stadium where they filmed the natural, is it? No, 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 no. Uh, Buffalo, no. Buffalo has a new park downtown. I'm saying, oh, okay. I'm saying, okay. I'm saying, Dunedin's facility is oh, not. Yeah, right. Is not. No, it's a, it's a Real little uh, stadium in the middle of a it, residential it's cute. neighborhood. Yeah, it's cute. Um, all right, final questions from me, and Mike can ask you know beyond that. Sure. I'll give you the sport. You tell me if you think they're going to play or not. All your, right. Your gut. Is the MLB come back and play a full season or play a f- whatever this season is? The, I think they start. I think we'll get started. Whether whether it lasts the 60 games, that's, that's to be seen. That remains to be seen. I think MLB will start. I'll be at a ballpark on July 23rd. All right, gut feeling. Do we get through it? Do you have a gut feeling we get to the end? I'll say yes. Okay. I'll say yes. Mm -hmm. The NBA, since you're in Orlando, will that – and there's concerns about the bubble there with, obviously – Yeah, I think the the, the, the Disney – remember, Disney is partners with ESPN, which is one of their television people. So I think, you know, one hand, uh, you know, washes the other here. And I think they get off. Uh, they get their season off on July 30th. And enough players have already. The big stars have committed to being here. LeBron, for example. I think they get uh, that season going. And since they're in a bubble, I think they they will reduce their risk of uh, of getting infected significantly. The NHL. Interesting, because I you know they've got Canadian cities under consideration to be one of the two hubs. I, I think one of the, I think the American hub is going to end up being Las Vegas, which has not seen a spike as of yet, which is Nevada has not seen a spike. Uh, so the NHL, yes, I, I do think all three, the, 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 I think the league that has the most questions, the NFL and the one that is most in doubt is the national football league. Really? Yes. Even with yes. the finances involved. Uh, I think they're the league that can that can absorb missing an entire season the easiest. 
because they'll just move the television, you know, a year down the line. Uh, and like you mentioned, they'll give Tampa another Super Bowl down the road. But I think it's the one league that cannot in any way, shape, or form get started and stop three, four weeks into the season. Mike, how, does, how does America li- live? Without the national football league. I listen to a lot of talk show, you know, obviously IP and the other station. Mm-hmm. And all I hear about is, you know, guys, uh, we I got to have football. Like, yeah. you know, well, if remember, I don't have football, I'm going to jump off a ledge. Remember, and, basketball, hockey, and baseball are played two, three, four times a week. Football right. is only sure. played once a week. So it's yeah. a little easier to, to, to get over missing something that you only get once a week as compared to baseball, which you get every day, right. or basketball or hockey that you get three, four times a week. I, I just think in the mindset of America, football, although it's the biggest of all the sports, you're, you're only missing it once a week, and you're going to have the Masters. I, you know, who I think is going to have an issue is college football because if you don't open the campuses to the students, yep. the players are students, then how are yep. you going to play? And college football is, you know, I think right a, a rung below the NFL in popularity. Well, and, and Ricky, you know, we had Robert Costa on from the Washington Post uh, mm-hmm. about a month ago. And Robert said how this administration looks at the NFL in particular as we have to have the NFL going for the national mood giving going into an election cycle. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see if the NFL pulls back how much pressure they're going to get from Washington about um, kind of the pushback on that as well. Yeah, we'll see. This is uncharted territory, it boys. Is. It is. Mike, yeah. any more? No, I just, Ricky, just be safe. Yep. Uh, I, I like listening to you when you're on at night. So just keep, up the good, just keep up the good work. Well, gentlemen, you're doing yeoman's work yourselves with this. And, uh, you know, I love both of you. This is going to be interesting, uh, doing games with no crowd. I, I, you know, I've never done a game in an empty stadium before, whether it's baseball or, uh, or football. So it'll be a new experience for me and for, you know, all the broadcasters uh, across the have you Have you done one, have you done one sitting in, in the, the studio? When oh, the game plenty. Oh, plenty. plenty. Okay. Plenty of those. I ran, okay. in, I ran in the Ricky, actually, at a Springsteen concert. Yes. Doing a game from Citizens Bank Park's press box when the Phillies yeah. were on the road in Atlanta. Yeah, it was a trip that we didn't take. and uh, But there are a lot of times, especially in football, where these stadiums don't have room for an extra broadcast. There's, you know, Green Bay, for example, they stick us in a closet. It, it's almost like I'd rather do it off a monitor in a studio somewhere. Right. So I've done plenty of baseball and football from a studio atmosphere. What I have never done... I've never done a game with no fans, and the micro whatever microphones that are that are there are going to pick up all the chatter between players, yeah. which could be very very colorful. Hey, yes, it could. Hey, R- Ricky, you have such a background in music too yeah. and concerts. Yeah. How, can, how is there any idea like how massive this is going to affect? Con- I mean, will we have concerts for another year, or I mean, is this just like because I got to be because they're mostly indoors. And I'm guessing you don't want to put 20,000 people in the spectrum. Uh, how is that industry being impacted? Oh, it's being impacted tremendously. It, it, it is the whole thing about a concert is to see the artist up close. You know, so to have a concert where you're watching him on television or, or through your computer, 
You know, that's what videos are for. That's what music videos are for. Concerts, it's the live thing that see, to, to feel the other fans of that band or that performer next to you, you know, to have the, uh, the mosh pit and the whole thing. You know, I, I think the concert business is taking even a bigger hit than yeah. sports. In sports, you can have people, you know, I, I guess you, you we could experiment with social distancing in a stadium. I don't think you can really get away with that uh, in a concert hall. I really don't. Well, yeah. and, and the, you know, if you think about it, like, why at this point, you, you know, it's just so... But it's so much of a risk. And you say music videos, by the way, Ricky, you realize most yeah. of the kids out there, if anybody's under 30 listening, go, what's a music video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ricky Ricard. All I can tell you is I don't, you know, uh, I, I have my own opinions about how this virus got started. The, uh, the, the uh, motives behind it on a worldwide stage. I'll save those for another time. Thank you. Uh, but I think, there's, <laughs> I think there's some nefarious stuff going on. Uh, I don't think this is just an organic thing that happened because it happened. I don't. I don't want to you know, be a conspiracy theorist, but I, I have my beliefs. And we are, in a, we are in a place in this country right now in the history of the United States of America and our lives as, as mature adults as we are. I, you know, I assume that... Uh, we can all consider ourselves mature, quote-unquote, adults. Speak for yourself. But we are living through a period that is unprecedented. And if I've got to live through this uh, with a certain group of people and guys like you, I'd be, I'm honored to be dealing with this with good people like both of you. Thank you very much. Ricky Ricardo from the Eagles yeah, and the Yankees and 94WIP. We'll be back on Work on the Beat right after these messages. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way. This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Work It Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Work It Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workinthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. Our thanks to Ricky Ricardo for joining us. And um, worked a, you know, it's a, it, that conversation was wide-ranging, I think is fair to say. Would you agree, Mike? Ricky's wide-ranging. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. And, uh, you know... He, he has he has opinions and he's not afraid to share them. And <sighs> Kevin, the one thing I've learned over the last few months mm-hmm. is the more people talk, the more questions you have. We all try to put these things in perspective. You do, I do, guests do. And after you're done, there's like then you think of three other things that you haven't thought sure. about. You know, this whole thing with the PGA Tour, and it's a PGA Tour where you're playing outside. There's no spectators. Um, Building social distancing. Yeah, and that, well, but see, they say that, see, I was reading a couple stories this week that said the players really haven't been adhering Mm -hmm. as closely as they should be. Now, I'm not there. I don't see it. I don't know. But, you know, that's normal. You know, you're playing in a threesome with golf. You have three caddies. You know, you're not always going to be six feet apart, maybe, or you're not always going to 
do where do you see baseball if it actually? Oh, comes it's going to be a disaster. I, but you've seen all the rules, right? Like oh, I mean, all these yeah. rules that they have. You know, no spitting, no. I mean, I was even wondering, like, would somebody like Joe Girardi, let's say, wear a mask? Like well, they have to, uh, I think. Oh, oh, is that is that like I didn't know. I didn't there, know. There are was... there are requirements of non-playing personnel to have masks, and I think. Maybe managers have been told they don't have to, but they're being encouraged. So it doesn't have to do with age. It's just it, it's it's like it's not an age thing or or a no. Or but, a, um, you know, somebody mentioned this the other day. Um, I think it was Jeff Passan at ESPN who mentioned about manager. You know, Dusty Baker is a cancer survivor and seventy two years old. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. You know, you you have managers all over the place who are in their sixties, coaches who are in their sixties. I mean, this yep. is. But what if you were like a let's say you were like a thirty-two-year-old player, and you were diabetic, or you have an you, exemption to get out? No, no, no. But let's say you wanted to play. Right. W- would you say okay? Okay, I'm going to wear a mask in the dugout, or I'm going to wear a mask because I can see people in America because I, I know. Let's say Joe Girardi shows up with a mask. Mm-hmm. There will be people making fun of Joe Girardi. Yeah. For wearing that, which is sick. It is. But but that's where we are in this country. And you know, and you even said if you have thirty people on the on the team, like there's gonna be people sitting in the stands, right? They they can't all yeah, get the, the dog out. Yeah. The the stands one of the things that I found interesting was that starting pitchers, if it's not your day to pitch, you're being encouraged to go home. Go home where? What you mean back to your city or, or to the hotel or to the hotel or to your house. Yeah, I, okay. Because to cut back on the amount of people. Now, you hate saying it, but, you know, there goes some options for some, you know, uh, of pinch runners. Uh, you know, if games get, well, games presumably, that's why they don't want to have the extra innings go 15, 16 innings. They, they don't want to have that problem. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- this is going to be totally different. And, you know, I, I said this. I said this on Twitter the other night. I don't know how I feel about it. I, there's part of me that almost wishes it, it just went away for the year and it got its act together. Um, I told you a couple months ago, there was a part, if it didn't have anything to do with, with money, okay, you just say we're shutting down for 220. Mm-hmm. We're not having, now, Now that's harder to do with the NBA and the and the NHL. Because you're actually, so close to the end. Right. Right. But they, they did cancel the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, and those teams were close to the end, too, and it played their whole seasons. You know, Dayton's never going to get a chance to be a number one seed again, probably, at least not for a while. So it's not like it doesn't happen. And as you pointed out, the big one's the NFL because that's the one Trump's been pushing. That's, you know, in college football. I I, I didn't realize until hearing Ricky speak how, like, I just assumed the NFL was going to go ahead. You know, they're going to do it. And with all due respect to Ricky, and I, I love Ricky, I see no possible way the NFL doesn't play. None. No, but I. But what I guess he's saying is they can absorb the financial loss more than anything. But part of the reason that I don't say it is that they they are the greediest and they will but play. If, but if you here, as I said, Kevin, it's risk. It's it's or, how or, much risk are you willing to assume? The virus dictates to us. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around. It's not Roger Goodell saying down virus. You know, we're, if you get to October and you just have so many people testing positive, 
that it's disrupting the teams. It's just, you know, Carson Wentz ain't playing these two weeks or, or whatever it might be. I think you have a real problem. And then fans are going to start looking at it saying, what are we watching here? Like, why? Like, like it's not really football. It's not like what. And if you have a Super Bowl that's scheduled to take place, um, you know, if the coronavirus had broken out two months earlier this year, they wouldn't have had a Super Bowl. And I don't care if you're the NFL or not. You wouldn't have had a Super Bowl. You couldn't have. Um, so I don't know. I, You know, maybe they'll have a vaccine on January the 1st. I, you know, but all the signs right now are not pointing well. No. They just aren't. And and yet we, we, we sit here with our head in the sands that it's behind us. And, and everybody that's, that I would trust, whose opinions I would trust, are basically saying it's going to get worse in the fall, or they think it's going to get worse in the fall, and and that would probably last, I'm assuming, through most of the winter. Mike, I'm going to play a quote, and I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it with the setup we have, but this well, is you a, can just talk. Yeah, okay. This is Malcolm Jenkins uh, from CNN this morning talking about whether football should come back, and actually, it's a lot different than, than the NFL because they can actually quarantine all of their players um, or whoever is going to participate. Where we have over 2,000 players even more coaches and staff, we can't do that. And so we are end up being kind of on this uh, trust system where uh, the honor system where we just have to hope that guys are social distancing and things like that. And that puts all of us at risk, not only, you know, us as players and who's in the building, but when you go home to your family, uh, I, you know, I have parents that I don't want to get sick. And I think until we get to the point where we have protocols in place and until we get to the place as a country where we feel safe doing it, we have to understand that football is a non-essential business. Uh, and so we don't need to do it. And so the risk, uh, you know, has to uh, be, be really eliminated before we before I would feel comfortable with going back. Okay, so that, that I'll sum it up for Mike. I don't know. Did you hear that? Mike? No, no, I didn't hear anything. All right. Uh, the, the money quote, football is a non-essential business, and so we really don't need to do it. So the risk, you know, has to be eliminated before we, before I, would feel comfortable going back. Basically, he's the first player we've heard who has said that there has there's some serious there's some serious work for them to do before he would feel comfortable stepping in a, in a training camp and on a football field. Well, a lot of players like Ezekiel Elliott came out today and basically said a lot of players have said, "Look, safety's got to be the first concern." So you can say it in different ways, um, but everybody says that. But then when push comes to shove they're going to say, well, we think it's okay. You, you know, because, the, the, look, these leagues aren't going to go into this stuff. Obviously, safety's the first concern, even though money's the first concern. But, right. yes. but you don't know until you get to those points and stuff starts happening if what you're doing is enough or if the virus is just too contagious to, you know, there's no perfect system. We thought the bubbles were the perfect system. Oh, have mm-hmm. a bubble. You know, send them to a city for 60 days, and now we're finding out that, eh, you know, maybe not. Um, so, I, you know, I, 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 I don't have the answers, Kevin. The, the Ezekiel Elliott quote you mentioned, I just feel like there's a lot of moving parts that have to be figured out. I just don't yeah. know how they can keep the players healthy. you got to put the health of the players first. It's not even so much I would say the players' health because I got corona and it really didn't affect me. But a lot of people have kids. They may have kids with asthma. They may have newborn babies. Parents or grandparents let me live with them. They have to find ways to make sure the players and families and their coaches and their families aren't put at risk. Hey, I hope we play. 
I want to let you guys know that. I do hope we have a season, but it has to be right. Yeah, and I don't know, Kevin, like, so Ezekiel Elliott has tested positive. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean in October he could get it again? Like, I don't know. Well, this. and that's something we don't know right now. Right, but, but I think the original premise was, well, once a guy gets sick, you know, he'll develop an immunity to it. So it would just say, hey, let's get everybody sick now, and, you know, we'll get it over with. And, you know, uh, but we just don't know. Like, uh, you, you know, um, and and it, it's just it's got so many things that we're just not sure of, yet we're pushing ahead. It's just like these states that came back. Yo, let's come back. I, I get it. People got to make money. They got to work. I, I, I totally understand all that. But now we're seeing spikes in almost all of those areas that came back. And the people that were getting ridiculed, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, places like that, now it looks like what they like what we did worked. Yeah. You know, at least for now. I mean, yeah, that's not to say it's going to work three months from now. But nobody wants you've been locked up for three months. People are sick of it. They don't, they don't, and they're just getting to the point where they don't care. You know, they they just say, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. You know? Do you see, getting to the PGA's comment, uh, the PGA situation, do you see a sense where, or do you see a scenario where they have to shut down again? Again, Kevin, it, it, like, if, if they had a week where 15 players tested positive, I Like, I don't know. I don't know what their threshold is. Now, this week, Brooks Kepke is not playing because his caddy got sick. Webb Simpson decided not to play. So you have two of the top five guys in the tournament, yep. betting-wise, not playing. Uh, I don't think that's good, but I think they only have three or four guys, I think, maybe five that, are, that aren't playing. But, like, what if you get, you know, and then – at some point, they're going to start trying to bring fans back, right? I think in three weeks. Uh, July 16th and 19th. And uh, it's the, the memorial, memorial, right? Right. Okay. And they're having a tournament the week before at the same golf course that took the place of the John Deere. So what happens when you start having fans? Yeah, that brings a whole other element into the equation. Um, and, like, so as the PGA Tour sat there when behind closed doors, because I'm assuming they're talking to their players, and said, hey, guys, if we get a week where we have 20 guys test, I'm just throwing out a number. We can't play that week, you know? And then if you don't play that week, what does that mean for the week after that? Uh, you know, you got a PGA championship coming up in uh, a little less than two months, I yep. think. And there's no spectators that are going to be at that. Right. Um, and then you got a U.S. Open. I mean, we look at the things we're seeing get canceled, Kevin. The New York Marathon just canceled. Right after uh, the Boston Marathon has been canceled. Right, so a lot of these things are being canceled. Well, why are they being canceled? You know, it, there's reasons why they're being canceled. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have the U.S. Open tennis is going to take place, and I don't know. Are they going to have fans? I, I don't. US Open? I no. Okay. And, and honestly, I don't think the U.S. Open will take place. When you see you the, think, you don't think the tennis is going to take I don't place. Think the or, tennis is going to take place. What about the golf? Uh, I would say yes on that. Okay. I mean, and the reason why I don't think the U.S. Open, look, Djokovic is already tested positive. No Federer. Nadal is. Yeah, but, jo but Djokovic will be, he'll sit out two weeks and then. But, but there's also be been enough, there's also been enough pushback from their players who do not like the protocols 
that yeah, they Nadal, can't stay in Nadal Manhattan. Has come out, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that they uh, can't stay in Manhattan. They have to stay at the hotel airports around uh, around Laguardia. Right. Uh, which, by the way, well, if you've ever well, had what to about stay out the, there, the French Open? I think is also in September. Yeah, that the, it's the I, week right after the U.S. Open. So they go right from New York over to Paris, huh? Yeah. Um, Which leads to another issue that if you're in the United States, the European Union may not let you in. That is correct. Uh, but then again, if you let, let's say you're in the well, see, see, and these are questions nobody has even thought to ask. Um, you know, now you have uh, what was the the Jokic, right? The the good the guy on Denver. He just tested positive. Yeah. He's back in. Kevin, there's so many different layers to all this. And every time you think you have a handle on something. Then it gets peeled back. It gets peeled back, and and it's nobody's fault. I mean, the only fault I would say is I think some things we've done in this country, we've done irresponsibly. And we've done them in the name of we've been locked up for three months. The signs were starting to show that maybe we had contained it a little or at least. But the reasons why we had contained it, now we're going away from them. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's and and you know, look. I know there's probably a few people out there who've been listening who who hate that we get this far down into the the weeds politically and all that. You have to at this point. It affects sports. It affects sports. It affects. I and mean, the sports. whole conversation with this in fact uh, uh, impacts sports. Now you can make the case, Kevin, that other than obviously people going back to their jobs, nothing is more important in America today. Than sports, especially the NFL, mm-hmm. and, but I would say maybe the NBA because the NBA will happen before that. These sports getting started again. Yeah, I mean because look, the economy is opening up. I mean, it, it, you know, it may not be a V shape as everybody says, but it, it, you know, you're you're starting to see signs of life. I mean, you're seeing malls around here open and all that. Uh, people. See, you know, people are returning in some form to jobs. You know, it might not be the numbers that we all thought uh-huh. or we would all hope, uh, but you are seeing a little bit of a, a sign of a comeback. The problem is, and Mike, you said this in one of the earliest episodes of, uh, that when we talked about this uh, a couple months ago, the problem is if you open it back up and then have to shut it down, it makes it all worse. It does. Well, that's what Ricky, that's what Ricky basically was, I guess, saying about the NFL um, and I think I don't think he's wrong. I, I think th- th- you almost it's hard. Like we could say, hey, let like I know there's plans in place at some non FBS schools or even some FBS schools. I don't know to maybe push the start back. Don't play the September games, you know, um, the non league games, the whatever. But the risk there is you. It could be worse in October. It could we don't know this? So the fact that we don't know any of this, like. If we knew what was going to happen, we could just say, hey, let's play college football next March, April, and May. You know, you could probably do it I, in a perfect world, you know, where there wasn't things going on. But but it's hard to do that when you just don't know. And then if you're the sport that doesn't do it yeah. and another sport does it, are you willing to to look bad, so to speak? Um, and we, and live in a, we live in a society where you can't look bad anymore. Well, it's like you say all the time. It's the optics. Yeah. It, it's you know, and 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 um. So if the NBA and the NHL come back, and college football for whatever reason can't, um. And I think college football is a totally different animal because who, of who you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with college kids. You're dealing, yep. you know, um. So that's a totally different argument to me. And um, 
But I think we have to take it step by step by step. You know, let's see what happens when the baseball players go to their training camp, wherever that, you know, if it's going to be at the, at the well, Citizens Bank, whatever. Well, it's going to be pretty much at their home ballparks, yeah. Okay, and let's see what happens when the NBA players start showing up. And let's start seeing what happens when the NHL play. And I, at this point, look, the NHL is last on the totem pole. I mean, the NHL is like a bonus for us. But there's some people that really care a lot about the NHL, so that's important to them. But let's see what happens. Let's see how many problems there are. Let's see. But I agree with with everything that, that it, the worst thing that can happen is shutting it down again. And even if you're talking as a country, let's say, God forbid, in October or November, and, and like you say, we're in an election's going to be happening in November, which just adds so much. But let's say we're back to where we were in March and April. Mm-hmm. How can you not shut the country down again? But yeah. people will not want to do it. No. Um, so more people will die, more people will get sick, and it'll just be viewed as, you know, they're casualties of, of, of uh, what, what do you call them? Casualties, casualties um, of un- war? No, but isn't there like an unintended casualties or, or peripheral casualties? or Oh, um, 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 uh, collateral damage. Collateral damage, and that's, that's how it will be viewed, just as people who have lost their jobs and, and have financial difficulties, they're collateral damage. You know, it's... You um, uh, well, changing topics here for our final f- five minutes or so. Um, last week I rem- I forgot all th- to ask you about uh, coach. You had talked to John Chaney. Uh, what a few is- weeks ago. Yeah, how is he doing? A and B, kind of where is his mind on some things right now? Well, if if you read Mike Jensen's story, because Mike talked to him after I did, and then wrote a story. I thought it was a very good story. Um, look, John's eighty. 89, 88? Yep. No, he's 88. 88. I think he's 88, 88, because he was born in 32. Um, I thought he was fine. You know, and, and look, he has the same views he always has. He, you know, he, I mean, he told me this years ago, you know, there's, there's as he likes to put it, mean-spirited people. Well, you know, obviously one of those mean-spirited people, as he would view it, and certainly not the only one, but is leading the country right now. Um, and he just thinks that, you know, all these things that are going on right now with these movements and the protest. I mean, John's seen it all. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he, he saw he saw the discrimination in the 50s. He, I mean, he grew up in – he could tell you stories, Kevin, about things that happened when he was a kid in Jacksonville. And I asked him one time – actually, when I talked to him this time about it. And he just said, you had to know your place. You were taught very – at a young age, you had to know your place. And if you stayed in your place, you know – you could survive. You could, you know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who didn't play in the NBA because of quotas. Right. Who didn't get a job coaching at the Division One level until he was, until he was 50. Yeah. I think he was 50 um, because of quotas. So, you know, John's seen it all. I mean, this is nothing new. And, um, but I, I, you know, I think uh, there's a part of John that just, he, he, you know, he just, I don't know if he thinks, you know, how much is it going to change? How long is it going to take? You know, I'm I'm just not sure. Um, but I think it hurt. You know, if you're a black person of John's age, I think you really feel some pain too. And oh. John does. John doesn't always let that on. No. Um, but I think I know I've talked to him enough times to know that there's been times when the pain kind of comes through sometimes. You know, and John is, look, you know better than I do. I mean, I, I've dealt with John, but not 
nearly on the same level you have. Um, but John's a remarkable man. And John is, uh, John's one of those guys that if everybody could hear him, they would be able to learn lessons about what life really is, you know, and, and, and what's important in life and the history. What's your, what's your favorite line, Kevin? Listen. Yeah. That's it. You're, you're, you're 150% right. And I think, I think that's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear John is, is physically okay. Yeah. Rick Brunson used to t- told me one time, and I'll never forget it. He said, you can't listen to how John Cheney says something. Listen to the words. words. Yeah. And I've thought about it. If you listen to John's words, and take the angry black man out of it that some people view him. I, I viewed him as an angry black man. When I first started, went to go cover Temple in 1990. Right. I'm like, why are they sending me? The, I, I could cover Villanova and go to Madison Square Garden. And then, and then, mm-hmm. and then now they're sending me up to North Broad. Listen to his words. And if you listen to his words, not all the time, but most of the time he makes absolutely perfect sense. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, because of the holiday, we're only doing one show. That'll be on Wednesday. Um, Mr. Kern gets in a couple extra days for golf. Um, yep. The uh, I was at the Shore yesterday, by the way. Which one? Uh, Wildwood. How was it? Nice. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Monday was nice in Ocean City. And I'm, I'm going to Brigantine tomorrow to drink beer with Eddie Barkowitz. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Um, hey, you, you, you're welcome. Uh, we'll drive down. I don't care. <laughs> I, I have to see what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and hey, I hope your wife does okay at the doctor. I hope it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's nothing. It's just, you know, it's nothing important. It's nothing. Okay. Alarming. It's always something important when you're seeing your doctor. Well, yeah, but it's, it'll be okay. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you f- to Ricky Ricardo for joining us. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, Michael. You got it. We will see you next week. This has been Working to Be. Take care.